today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Again, this is why it's so important to understand that God does not take delight in punishing and judging the wicked. He does not take any pleasure in it. But there does come a time, because He's a just God, because He's a loving God, that judgment has to come. But they brought it upon themselves so needlessly, so unnecessarily. If you think God enjoys the thought of anyone spending eternity in hell, you're sorely mistaken. Pastor J.D. wants you to know that if your end is hell, you took yourself there. If God enjoys seeing people in eternal torment, why do you think He sent His Son, His only Son, to suffer and die to make a way so you don't have to? Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Isaiah chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. God, please know, is pleading with His people. He's warning His people, this didn't need to happen. It's going to happen. He's warning them, prophesying to them, this is what's going to happen. And it wouldn't be long before this is exactly what would happen. Verse 8, for Jerusalem stumbled and Judah has fallen. Why? Because their tongue and their doings are against the Lord to provoke the eyes of His glory. The look on their countenance witnesses against them and they declare their sin as Sodom. They do not hide it. Woe to their soul, for they have brought evil upon themselves. Can I just read that again? They have brought evil upon themselves. The implication is it didn't need to happen. They did this to themselves. They brought this upon themselves. Again, this is why it's so important to understand that God does not take delight in punishing and judging the wicked. He does not take any pleasure in it. But there does come a time, because He's a just God, because He's a loving God, that judgment has to come. But they brought it upon themselves so needlessly, so unnecessarily. This is why God, replete throughout Scripture, warns His people, don't do this. Even the Ten Commandments, as one affectionately referred to them as the tender commandments, are just that. It's a loving, tender, heavenly Father who says, don't do this because of what you'll bring upon yourself when you do. Don't covet because you'll bring upon yourself a fate so torturous 
you will be defiled and destroyed, and that bitterness and that covetousness will eat you from the inside out, and it'll destroy your life. You bring it upon yourself. You know that saying that God doesn't send anybody to hell? That's true, you know. In fact, I like how one said it, Jesus says, over my dead and resurrected body do you go to hell. And hell was never created for man, it was created for the devil and his demons. So when somebody goes to hell and spends eternity in hell, it's because they chose that and they brought that upon themselves. They sent themselves there. I've heard it said this way, and this has been so helpful to me. I'm hoping it'll be helpful to you and encouraging to you tonight maybe a much needed change of perspective, a paradigm shift when it comes to sin. Sin is not bad because it's forbidden. Sin is forbidden because it's bad. What it brings upon us. Never imagine God saying, Thou shalt not, because I'm God, and I said so, in the day that thou does this, I will surely punish you. No, it's more like this. Thou shalt not do this, because this is really bad, and it will end very bad, and the consequences will be unthinkable. And I love you so much, and I can't stand to see you suffer needlessly the consequences that you will bring upon yourself if you do this. So don't do it. I'm trying to spare you, because I love you. I mean, if you think about it, if you don't really care, you're like, yeah, go ahead. I don't care. I mean, (laughs) you want to destroy your life? I don't care. I don't love you. I don't, I barely know you. You want to destroy your life? Go ahead. But what about if I love you? I think about a parent who loves their children in ways that they never knew they could. (laughs) I think about the broken heart of a parent who has a wayward daughter or a prodigal son. I mean, that parent's heart can hurt in ways that (laughs) you could have never imagined how painful that could be. That you could love that much and hurt that much. That's love. And I think about how we are with our children. We warn them. We want to protect them. Don't do that. I love you so much. And I don't want to see you suffer the consequences of doing that. I forbid you because this is bad. It's not bad because it's forbidden. No, it's forbidden because it's bad. It's really bad. It's really bad. And I don't want you to experience that bad. Verse 10, say to the righteous that it shall be well with them, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Woe, verse 11, curse to the wicked. Boy, that turned quick, didn't it? Can we just go back to verse 10 real quick? I kind of like the idea of the righteous it going well. Oh, <laughs> can I just catch my breath on verse 10 before we 
Get to verse 11, a curse to the wicked, it shall be ill with him, for the reward of his hands shall be given him. Now why? Why verse 11, hey it shall be well with the righteous, and then, I mean verse 10, and then right after verse 11, a curse to the wicked, not so well for them. Why? Well, here's a thought. To me this is an encouragement for those who are walking uprightly, righteously, in a way that is pleasing in the sight of the Lord. Not in our own righteousness, in Christ's righteousness. We're righteous in Christ. We're walking in the light. We're living lives of righteousness in Christ. And then we look over here at the wicked, and they seem to be met with impunity. They seem like they're just having the time of their lives. And here we are walking in righteousness and we're having the trial of our lives. What gifts? That's not right. That ain't right, as they say. <laughs> and, it, and it seems like they're getting away with it. You know, as I prepare for a prophecy update, I am by default, in a way, privy to some of the things that are done in secret, that it cannot even be spoken of, the evil, the evil, the evil satanic plan afoot to destroy man. And my first thought is, God, that, what, you're not going to let him get away with it, right? No, I'm not. Well, it kind of looks like you are. No, I won't. Yeah, but um, when are they going to get their due? Oh, you'll see. Because you see, there is coming a day when this curse will come to the wicked, and it shall be ill with them, and they will be rewarded for what they're doing. I'm quickly reminded of Psalm 73, time doesn't permit. I would encourage you, if this is a struggle for you, to revisit and spend some time in Psalm 73. For the benefit of those of you watching online, it is raining, <laughs> so I'm going to start yelling so you can hear me. As for my people, verse 12, <laughs> children are their oppressors and women rule over them. Oh my people, those who lead you cause you to err, and destroy the way of your paths. The Lord, verse 13, stands up to plead, there's that plea, please, and stands to judge the people. The Lord will enter into judgment with the elders of His people and His princes. For you have eaten up the vineyard, the plunder of the poor is in your houses. What do you mean, verse 15, by crushing my people and grinding the faces of the poor, says the Lord God of hosts. You know what this is referring to? Kind of along the lines of what we just talked about and read. Those that are in positions of power, Doubtless you've heard it said, power corrupts, <laughs> and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And here's these people in positions of power abusing their positions of power and authority, 
But there are days coming. Those who abuse their power and authority will lose their power and authority. Verse 16, moreover, the Lord says, because the daughters of Zion are haughty and walk with outstretched necks and wanton eyes, walking and mincing as they go, making a jingling with their feet. Therefore the Lord will strike with a scab the crown of the head of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will uncover their secret parts. Whoa! What? Well this is what they would do in that day. When they were captured they would take these women and they would shave their heads and cut and leave scabs. And that's the judgment that ensues. But look at the haughty, seductive. I mean they have been completely given over to harlotry. In that day, verse 18, the Lord will take away the finery. Look at this list. The jingling anklets, the scarves and the crescents, the pendants, the bracelets and the veils, the headdresses, the leg ornaments and the headbands, the perfume boxes, the charms, and the rings, the nose jewels, I guess they had the noses pierced, the festal apparel and the mantles, the outer garments, the purses, doubtless name brand. Sorry, just making sure you're still with me. We're almost done. Hang in there. And the mirrors, always looking at themselves. The fine linen, the turbans, and the robes. And so it shall be, verse 24. Instead of a sweet smell, there will be a stench. Instead of a sash, a rope. Instead of well-set hair, baldness. Instead of a rich robe, a girding of sackcloth, and branding instead of beauty. Your men, verse 25, shall fall by the sword, and your mighty in the war, her gates shall lament and mourn, and she being desolate shall sit on the ground. You know what's sad? This is before it happened. It was a warning that it was going to happen. And what's really sad is this is exactly what would soon happen to Judah at the hands of the Assyrians. And what's so chilling about it is that it came upon them suddenly and unexpectedly. As I sought the Lord, He impressed upon my heart just the swiftness with which everything is happening. It's not just what's coming soon, very soon. More importantly, it's who's coming soon because of what's coming soon, just around the corner. It's going to happen suddenly and unexpectedly. Jesus said, I come in an hour you expect not. 
the metaphor is that of a thief in the night. <laughs> you, you've never had a thief text you or email you and say, hey, is 2 a.m. a good time for me to come? Chapter 4. Can we do it? There's only six verses in it. Let's do it. Why not? Live on the edge. So beginning in verse 1 of Isaiah 4, we have one more reference to the horror of that day, but I love this. Beginning in verse 2 through the end of this chapter, God, as only He can, brings it back to hope. He gives hope in light of it and in spite of it. So one more verse. Verse 1, and in that day seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, We will eat our own food and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by your name to take away our reproach. That is a picture I don't want to paint in my mind and imagine and picture. That's so bad. (laughs) These women are like, hey, will you just please take us as wives so we can be called by your name to take away our reproach. Verse 2, in that day the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and appealing for those of Israel who have escaped. Hang on to that. I want to end with that. Verse 3, And it shall come to pass that he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy. Everyone who is recorded among the living in Jerusalem, when the Lord, verse 4, has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purged the blood of Jerusalem from her midst by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning, then the Lord will create above every dwelling place of Mount Zion, and above her assemblies a cloud and smoke by day, and the shining of a flaming fire by night. For over all the glory there will be a covering, and there will be a tabernacle for shade in the daytime from the heat for a place of refuge, and for a shelter from storm and rain. This is God's mercy. This is what's coming. This is who's coming. And this is how I want to bring the Bible study to a close. I want to connect the dots of Isaiah chapter 4 verse 2 about those of Israel who have escaped with Matthew 24 verses 13 and verses 29 and 30, where Jesus, in referring to Israel coming to salvation in the seven-year tribulation, as we discussed at the beginning, says, verse 13, of Israel, to Israel, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. That's Israel. Verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days. Stop right there. 
I want to say this as lovingly and as graciously as I possibly can. But when I receive emails, comments, posts from antagonists looking not for an answer but an argument, who says that it's after the tribulation, after the tribulation, that's when the rapture comes. And they use this verse 29, after the tribulation. It's for Israel. Please, 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 I implore you, make the distinction between the church and Israel. This is for Israel, not the church. After the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Does that sound familiar like Isaiah? It's in Revelation too, by the way. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. That's the second coming, after the tribulation, not the rapture, which is before the tribulation. We don't, he doesn't, ah, Saved by the bell. <laughs> okay, Lord, I'm sorry, I get it. Why don't you all stand? I don't want to end on that note. So I think I'll end on this note. Jesus is coming soon. I mean soon. My goodness. Okay, here's what we're going to do. This is the last thing. I haven't said one last thing yet, so this is the last thing. Just bear with me. Just give me one more minute, okay? I want you to think about this. If that much happened that fast in the last 12 months, let's pray. <laughs> Let the Holy Spirit take her from there. Father in heaven, wow. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the hope that we have. We know it's the blessed hope. <laughs> But really it's more than that. It's not just a hope, it's a fact, and we know it. And that's what our faith is. It's the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of that which is yet unseen. In other words, we know it. We have forensic evidence to prove it. So it's not a matter of wishing or hoping. No, we know. And that's why we have the hope. And thank you for the hope. And thank you for this message of hope. And Lord, I pray for anyone who is discouraged, struggling, and it's giving way quickly to despair. Lord, I pray that you would give them renewed hope as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. We hope you continue to be encouraged as you learn some good things from the book of Isaiah. Did you realize that there are 39 chapters in Isaiah that address judgment and 27 chapters that point to God's salvation? How fascinating that this book relates to 39 books of the Old Testament, much about judgment of sin, and 27 books of the New Testament, pointing to Jesus as God's salvation for the world. Isaiah is yet another example of how God interweaves the old with the new, and how prophecies from old point to fulfillment of that later. Are you seeing the connections that God has written into these pages of Isaiah? If you're wanting to hear this message again or more like it, you can find them at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can learn more about the church this ministry is supported by, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. If you're not already plugged into a local church, we invite you to be part of our church family. If you're in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love for you to come visit us on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. We're so glad you tuned in today to learn from the book of Isaiah. We look forward to the next edition with Pastor J.D. and the things that God has put on his heart to share from this prophetic book. Thanks again for listening today to In Spirit and Truth.